Hey there, it's Martine. I hope you're having a great weekend. So a few weeks ago, I was on this pop culture podcast that I love. It's for color nerds from Stitcher. I was there to talk about my obsession with period pieces, like the Regency Jane Austen-style movies and TV shows with the costumes and the carriages and the ballroom dances. And we were talking about the new ways that we're starting to see people of color reflected on these shows, shows like The Gilded Age and Bridgerton. I had so much fun talking about this with Eric and Brittany, the host of the show, and it was this fascinating, funny conversation that I think other folks will enjoy, too. So if you want to listen, check out that episode of For Colored Nerds. It's called Black in Time. We'll also put a link to it in our show notes and today's episode page at postreports.com. But for now, we are going to play a bit of that conversation here. So I hope you enjoy and check out the rest. Well, Martine, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we know, Eric and I know, that in addition to being a journalist and hosting the Washington Post's daily news show, that you're a big fan of period films and TV shows, but what makes you love them so much, as much as you do? That's a really good question. Because it does feel like the thing that... I'm still a little bit embarrassed about because I think that period pieces get a bad rap because sometimes they can be pretty extra in certain ways. <laughs> but um, but I do think that like one of the reasons why I have always loved period pieces and I think for, was um, maybe a little bit predisposed to them um, mm. is because of my mom. Um, my mom's from Trinidad. Um, and so I think that if you are the kid of someone uh, from the West Indies, like mm. that, that they grow up in this like British school system mm. that really reveres like British stuff, British isms and books and TV shows and movies about like British life. There were, you know, there were Jane Austen books that my mom was forced to read in high school. <laughs> and then I think the other thing that I love about period pieces is that I feel like I've always really related to them mm. in a weird way. Um, because I think that they're about a lot of small moments and small mm. lives, if that mm. makes sense, that mm-hmm. um, a period piece uh, is often centered around like this young woman who's trying to like make her way in the world or figure out who she is or, yeah. like, you know, find a husband or whatever, but <laughs> that it's really about like, oh, somebody looked at me in a certain way and that really meant something or like this thing is happening with my family and that's really upsetting to me and I feel like you know as a 15 year old who's super nerdy and really awkward I could really relate to like oh and then this boy touched my hand accidentally but I feel like it really meant something and I think that it really um taps into something that's very universal about how we relate to the people around around us and our families and ourselves um so that's why I enjoy them. But I'm curious if, if you guys are, are period piece fans as well. Newly. Yeah, I, I, I would say I have just recently come to it. The like over the pandemic uh, and before it's worth, I would say I also was a hater, too. I was a period piece <laughs> hater. You were time. aggressively, <laughs> especially like the British kind of Victorian era of mm-hmm. it all. I like really struggled. But uh I think, you know, then I kind of sat with it a little bit. You, I think you find you have to find your one mm-hmm. uh, that, like, brings you in. And I think that has helped me a lot. And for what's worth, I feel like a lot of the things that you're saying are a lot of the reasons, you know, a, a bunch of people like period pieces, even if, you know, we feel a bit 
ashamed at, at saying it. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm 35 and nerdy and awkward. So like, you know, I, I hell, uh, a good hand holding. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a nice day. But, um, you know, I think that the thing we also know about period pieces and films and shows is that they can be a really problematic genre for Black people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think part of the reason we're really excited to have you here today is to really kind of like dig into that. Uh, and, you know, we were thinking we could get started by like talking about the things we actually feel don't work because those are the things that usually <laughs> pop up first in my mind. I mean, there are a lot of examples of stuff that doesn't work. So during lockdown, like for me, was the time that I realized that like, how much I actually really did love period stuff. So I had been talking to Eric for years about watching the Kira Knightley 2005 directed by Joe Wright version of Pride <laughs> oh and Prejudice God. because my it's head. very good. I just have to say, you always introduce it kind of like that. Like I, like the Joe Wright, like year it came out, like Kira Knightley starred. You but that's how the you do it. You, like, you start with the year and then you have the director. Exactly. You know, because there's so many adaptations of the same thing. There's exactly. Like, there's like 10 Pride and Prejudices. So you have to be very specific. <laughs> that movie I always loved. But I didn't realize how much I really loved period stuff until I had lots of time to watch a lot of different things. And I was like, I realized me and my fiance were always gravitating toward that stuff. Got super into Downton Abbey. Finally watched Sense and Sensibility. So I was really excited when Bridgerton was announced. For those who don't know, it's like a period drama, but more like a period romantic comedy uh, created by Shonda Rhimes, set in Regency era England, um, where the eight siblings of the Bridgerton family are trying to find love or really more so like secure their financial future, if you think about it in Regency terms. And the series mainly follows Daphne Bridgerton. Um, She is a white woman. And her romance with Simon Bassett, Duke of Hastings, who's a black man. When I actually watched Bridgerton, I was disappointed, actually. I got a a mostly really warm response. There was some critique, but overwhelmingly, it seemed like people liked it. But I wanted to know how you, Martine, felt about Bridgerton. So, yeah, I think I had a similar hopefulness about Bridgerton that you did. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that it was Shonda Rhimes, and to me, it felt like it was a very specific message of like, okay, we see you Black women who have loved these movies for years, and we're making something that is for you. Mm -hmm. But but the way that they did it, I mean, it's... um, I loved the colorblind casting and I loved um, a lot of the the choices and the Duke of Hastings is great and he's hot and like, he's a great actor and (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I loved him in it. But I also felt like there was this weird like undertone of we're not talking about race until we Mm -hmm. do talk about it. And that Mm -hmm. it alludes to like, Oh, this is this, you know, 19th century post-racial society and they like make some reference to this like racial reckoning that had happened before and now everyone's equal and it was just it was weird like it was just a weird way to deal with it and I I found that kind of frustrating I I don't know what you were thinking Brittany no I did find it kind of frustrating I mean one of my biggest issues with the show is that like it deals so much with class and nobility and then they have like, they reference this off-screen racial reckoning that <laughs> where everybody's supposed to be equal. And yet when I watch the show, I still feel like I'm watching a lot of the same um, sort of like white supremacist media tropes, like sort mm-hmm. of come out, like the dark skin, abusive, deadbeat black yeah. father, yeah. and like the mother who like dies at childbirth and isn't to be seen again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the, you know, the young black woman coming in, um, 
to society who's also being brought out at the same time, a lot of the other like white young ladies in town who is black and she shows up already pregnant. And like this, you know, older white lady can't understand why all the guys in town are way more interested in this young black woman than any of her white daughters. Like it's a post-racial society, but a lot of the same things that happen um, that either uh, like same dynamics that play out in real life as with sort of like the older white lady being confounded by the attractiveness or the apparent mm-hmm. attractiveness of this young black woman or the same like tropes that we see in all other media with black people um, as with the father and like the black woman being pregnant out of wedlock. Those feel like tropes that happen in media all the time. But also like the show is so much about class and nobility. And it's hard for me to think about where the money <laughs> that supports <laughs> that class and nobility is coming from. Like if mean. not the slave trade and like colonialism and all of these mm-hmm. other things that do directly involve Black people at the time, but are totally ignored on the show. Like, I just feel like they don't talk about how any of these people got their wealth. But like, it, the fact that there's all these interracial relationships it makes it fine. And, or the fact that like this Black, this supposedly mixed race Queen of England like gave a black man like a high ranking position in society is supposed to be something meaningful for everyone. Now that actually Mm -hmm. I say that I'm like, this is very much just like liberal politics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I feel bad because like I'm one of the ones who enjoyed Bridgerton a little bit. I did have a lot of the same feelings that like you did. I think what maybe allowed uh, me to continue watching it was just, it felt very much kind of like what people were describing Emily in Paris to be. Emily in Paris is much worse than this. True. Fair. That is fair. It is a better (laughs) show. It's a better executed (laughs) show all around. But in terms of like the tropes of the characters within it, like there's kind of like, you know, this white woman who, uh, you know, is kind of walking into the space to try to like stake her claim on the world and, you know, like is running into kind of headwind and people don't understand her everywhere and she has to figure it out. But I'm not going to lie. The Duke was really good as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There yeah. was something about his character that I was, like, into and allowed me to, like, just kind of, like, sit with the mess of it all. But I can't I can't lie. The, all the stuff you said was there. And actually hearing it back to me makes me feel worse about uh, enjoying <laughs> it as much as I did. I mean, for, for me, I feel like the way that I think about Bridgerton is that it's... It feels less to me like a period piece and more like straight up fantasy. Mm. And I feel like that's the sort of like psychological nuance that I had to make to be like, I don't actually even put this in the same category of other things I'm watching because it feels like there's a lot that um, doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to like it. I'll say the acting was good. The costumes were beautiful. And I was impressed overall with the cast. I'm not going to lie. Daphne Bridgerton little sauceless to me. <laughs> she was a little sauceless to me. No disrespect to the woman in real life. I'm just saying they gave her no earrings, no makeup. <laughs> That's me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce talking about period dramas. We talk about a bunch of other shows, not just Bridgerton, but also The Gilded Age and The Great and Anne Boleyn. So you can listen to the whole thing by looking for For Colored Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the episode Black in Time. We'll also put a link in our show notes and at postreports.com. And if you want to support the show, you can follow For Colored Nerds and maybe even leave a review. So we hope that you enjoyed this little Post Reports bonus and have a safe and relaxing weekend.
Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.